Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. Uh, let, let, me, let me explain uh, a couple of things before we get into this uh, new series. Uh, over the next uh, three months or so, we are going to be doing some heavy lifting, okay? And I want to tell you that up front, some very heavy spiritual lifting. What I mean by that is we are going to dig into your heart and dig into your soul uh, in a way that will probably make you very uncomfortable uh, over the next couple of months. But I, it's been a burden on my heart uh, from the end of last year. We always pray about the sermon series for the entire year, and we knew the back half of this year was going to be uh, some heavy lifting. But, but here's why we believe God is doing that, uh, because we're about to grow. Um, we're about to grow individually, we're about to grow corporately, uh, we're about to grow as a church. And uh, God's never going to bring us new people uh, uh, if the people that are already here are not mature enough to handle them. And so uh, I I thank God for the growth of this church. I believe it's been very healthy growth. Uh, We haven't experienced a swell that we've just tried to manage for a crowd, but we've really tried to do our best to to steward the people and the souls that God has brought to us. Um, but I, I just want to prepare you uh, that over the next uh, few months, God's going to do some things in us individually uh, that's going to stretch us and grow us uh, to prepare us for what he wants to do uh, with this church uh, and with this community. Uh, you can't have that kind of growth uh, without your prayer life going to a different level. Uh, And so uh, the series that we're starting uh, this month is called Pray Fast, okay? Now, just so you guys understand, uh, you all know me, I I literally pray fast. Um, uh, But but the the series is Pray, period, fast, period, okay? We're going to talk about prayer and fasting. So... um, uh, don't get scared. I know most people pray. You're like, I already fasted in January. Like, <laughs> isn't that like the standard month for fasting? Um, uh, I, I see this more as a discipline and a lifestyle. Um, and so I, I need to drop two pretty heavy anchors uh, today uh, and next week that kind of set up uh, for what we're doing. Um, and then we'll be explaining uh, how that will all unfold in your life. So if you have your Bibles, I need you to go to the book of Genesis chapter number 18. The book of Genesis chapter number 18. And uh, if you're taking notes on this message, the title of this message is very simply intercessory prayer. Uh, I want to talk about intercessory prayer and uh, the difference between um, regular prayers you might pray and uh, intercessory prayers. Uh, I'm going to read some scriptures here in a minute, but first I want to give you the definition of intercede, okay? The definition for intercede is to act or interpose on behalf of someone in difficulty or trouble as by pleading or petition. The example here given is to intercede Uh, with the governor for a condemned man. Here's the second one, to attempt to reconcile differences between two people or groups to mediate. 
So when we're talking about interceding for someone, uh, we're, we're literally talking about stepping in uh, on someone's behalf and pleading for them or mediating for them in an attempt to reconcile uh, two parties. Now, here's the thing. Uh, when I begin to dig into this, uh, I could literally do four weeks just on intercession. If I were to take you in my nerdy nature through the entire Bible, we would have to stop every 10 to 15 chapters almost to, to, to see God uh, partnering with a man or a woman to help to intercede on behalf of an individual or a nation. In this particular uh, case, I, I need to be a little more macro at a high level, so I want to give you some instances, some major instances in the Old Testament, and give you how, uh, uh, in with how we are the ones as the body of Christ that carry on intercession today. So the first one is found in Genesis chapter number 18, uh, and I want you to see how this is set up. This is uh, uh, God uh, in a conversation that he's having with Abraham, and here's what it says. Uh, then the men got up from their meal, starting at the 16th verse. Uh, then the men got up from their meal and looked out towards Sodom. As they left, Abraham went with them to send them on their way. Now, this is God. This is what God says. Should I hide my plan from Abraham? The Lord asked. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out so he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. So the Lord, the Lord brought this up. The Lord told Abraham, I have heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. I am going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. The other men turned and headed toward Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. Abraham approached him and said, will, will, um, uh, will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? S suppose you find 50 righteous people living there in the city. Will you sweep it away and not spare it for their sakes? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked, why would you be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same? Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? Listen, this is intercession. It's a conversation between you and your God. God is the one that initiated the conversation. He said, I can't hold this from my friend. I'm about to burn up a city that one of his relatives lives in. I think I should tell him. He says, I'm going down there, I'm going, to, I'm going to try to figure it out. If it's not true, I want to know, but I've heard some crazy stuff going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. And here's Abraham's response. You, really? You're just, going to, you're just going to burn up everybody, the righteous people and, and the wicked people? You don't do that. You're the judge of, come on. It's a conversation between two people, as we've heard earlier from Michael Exum, that are in covenant with each other. That's what he says. And the Lord replied, if I find 50 righteous people in Sodom, I will spare the entire city for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again, because <laughs> he knew. <laughs> Since I have begun, let me speak further to my Lord, even though I am but dust and ashes. Suppose there are only 45 righteous people <laughs> rather than 50. Will you destroy the whole city for a lack of five? He's the one started at 50. Now he's bartering. 
Okay? And the, Lord, and the Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 righteous people there. <laughs> then Abraham pressed his request further. Suppose there are only 40. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it for the sake of 40. Don't be angry, my Lord. Abraham pleaded. Let me speak. Let me speak. Suppose only 30 righteous people are found. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it if I find 30. Then Abraham said, since I have dared to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Because he knew how foul Sodom and Gomorrah was. Okay? Um, uh, suppose there are only 20. And the Lord replied, uh, then I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me. If I speak one more time, suppose only 10 are found there. And the Lord replied, then I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. When the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went on his way and Abraham returned to his tent. Uh, now, we know if, if you've read the Bible at all, that when you get into Genesis 19, uh, all of Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. It was reduced to ashes and there's no trace of it on earth today. Uh, but even though the Lord didn't find 10, he did find one. His name was Lot, and he got him out of there. Let me tell you why he got him out of there. Because God had a conversation with somebody that he was in covenant with, and he said, I appreciate you for having a conversation with me, not about you. but about somebody that you care about. So Abraham interceded for Sodom. Here's Exodus uh, chapter 32, 11 through 14. But Moses tried to pacify the Lord as God. Now this is, let me, let me set it up for you. This is after Moses has gone up to the mountain to be before the presence of the Lord, and Aaron uh, makes a golden calf, okay? He and the children of Israel make a golden calf, and the worst response from Aaron when, 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 a when Moses gets back down to ask, man, what, what has happened here? He said, I, listen, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you left for four weeks and went off for your sabbatical and everybody got naked and threw all of their gold into this pot. <laughs> Get this. And a gold calf jumped out of it. <laughs> really, Aaron? Really? Are you, are you serious? You threw the, and then the, and then the cow just came out goldy? Really? That's, that's what happened? So Moses is like, I'm about to, I'm about to kill them all. That, I mean, I'm sorry, God says, I'm about to kill them all. That's it. I'm, I'm done, okay? Listen to this response. But Moses tried to pacify the Lord his God. Oh, Lord, he said, why are you so angry with your own people whom you brought from the land of Egypt with such great power and such a strong hand? Why let the Egyptians say their God rescued them uh, with the evil intention of slaughtering them in the mountains and wiping them from the face of the earth? Turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster. You have threatened against your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You bound yourself with an oath to them, saying, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven. Let me parenthetically put something on the end of this, which means if you kill them, they won't be as numerous as the stars in heaven. 
And I will give them all this land that I have promised to your descendants, and they will possess it forever. 14 is uh, something that, 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 that our minds can't really uh, uh, wrap around. So the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he had threatened to bring on his people. Now, here's the question. Did the Lord change his mind? The answer is no. Let me tell you why the Lord didn't change his mind. Because the Lord already knew he was going to have somebody interceding. From our standpoint, looking up, it looked like he changed his mind. But God knew when he called Moses in that desert to go get the people out of bondage, that he also not only had a deliverer, but someone that was going to intercede on their behalf when they acted crazy. See, intercession is not for an elite group of people. It's for every single believer to participate in. And we have to get our minds around the fact that there are certain things that cannot move on earth until someone stands up to say, I am pleading on behalf of my country. I am pleading on behalf of my nation. I am pleading on behalf of my family. I am pleading on behalf of my city. I am pleading on behalf of this son, this daughter, my husband, my wife. God, you got to do something. And I need to have a conversation with you about what's going on because I definitely need you to intervene. Moses interceded for Israel. Here's what it says in uh, 1 Timothy chapter number 5, I'm I'm sorry, uh, chapter number 2, verse number 5. For there is one man, I'm sorry, for there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus intercedes for humanity. When Jesus came down and got on the cross, that was his intercession for all of humanity. He says, I'm coming down, I'm going to die for everyone. I will be the one to stand in the stead because God's looking for somebody. If you, don't, if you need a scripture reference for that, go to Ezekiel chapter number 32, where God literally says, I was looking for a man to stand in the gap, and I didn't find anybody. And here's what he says, and because I didn't find anybody, then my wrath had to be poured out. Do you think, do you think it's, it's, it's real serious that God wants covenant with people on earth so he can partner to see his kingdom come? Listen, God's, God's not just partnering with us to give us good stuff. If, if, if you think that God's covenant with us is to get you a 2,500 square foot house, you are sadly mistaken. If you think God's only covenant in your life was to get you a promotion to regional manager of the company, then, we, then you still have a westernized thinking about the gospel that it's all about you. God is coming into covenant with us. He wants to partner with us because he wants to advance his kingdom. And he has to look for somebody in every city, in every family, in every business office, in every company who he can look down and say, I have an ambassador right there. And if they would just plead on behalf of what's going on, I would intervene. I've been looking for somebody to see the same thing I see. 
I've been looking for somebody to see how crazy stuff is and go, God, can you, um, can you do something? This is, that's crazy. I'm not sure. You probably don't like that. Do you know that uh, in 1 Kings chapter number 17, Elijah came into Israel and saw how far they had departed from God? And he said, it won't rain for three years, period. And God was like, what he said. He didn't say, thus said the Lord. He didn't say, mm, I'm feeling the unction in my spirit. He was so close with God and he knew God's heart so much that when he looked out over the landscape of Israel, he said, you know what? God doesn't like this and it's not going to rain. And God said, thank you. I'm so, I'm so happy somebody saw exactly what I saw. But God can't do anything in the earth unless he does it through a man or a woman. You got to understand that he made earth. He made earth in six days. He created everything. The last thing he made was man. He did everything that we couldn't and then created us to manage everything he created. And then he stepped back and said, I'm, I'm out of this. You have dominion over here like I have dominion up here. So if anything's going to ever get done down there, it's going to happen with one of y'all. But it won't happen unless you actually talk to me. Because you need a partnership with me because I'm the one that created you. So that's just basically the way it works. Okay? So uh, God came down in the form of flesh and interceded for all of humanity. Here is uh, Romans uh, chapter, oh, 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 let me give you another one, I'm sorry, Romans chapter number 834. Uh, who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died and was raised, died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. This word literally in the Greek means interceding. And he sat down next to his dad and said, okay, um, here's the rest of my life for all of eternity. And so all this is folded back up. Uh, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to just have to plead with you on behalf of these believers because you know they're crazy. I know they're crazy. When I was down there, I had to plead on behalf of them because they was crazy. You remember what I had to do with Peter? Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I already interceded for you. <laughs> That after you are tested and tried, your faith will not fail. Jesus takes his position as intercessor incredibly seriously. Okay? Now, next one. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. This is found in Romans 8, chapter number 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. That word praise is intercede. He intercedes on our behalf. We talked in the month of June about uh, a spirit-filled life, and we ended with speaking uh, in tongues. The Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. The reason why there's a prayer language is because we don't always know what we want to pray, and even when we open up our mouth, the Holy Spirit says, step back, let me, let me do the talking because you, you have no clue what to say right now. You're going to mess this whole thing up. So just, just let me talk right now. That's exactly what happens. And the Holy Spirit intercedes for us because sometimes our souls don't have the words to express itself. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Here's the last one. 
The church intercedes for everybody. These are not my points yet. These are just uh, some foundational scriptures I want you to have. 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. It, listen, I love studying God's word, and, 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 and you all know by now, I like stuff real simple. I don't like being deep and complicated, because if it's deep and complicated, you can't share it with anybody. I'll make you the worst evangelist of all time. You'll be like, my pastor said, uh, you know, basically, like, the inner heaven is tucked up under some stars. So like when you go up levels, right, like in the third heaven, Michael and Gabriel, I think Michael and Gabriel is up there. But in the fourth heaven, Ariel is there. Stop. There's no such, stop yourself. There's no Ariel, okay? We don't know nothing about no Ariel, okay? So I can't, I don't like when it's too deep because you get confused and then you spread confusion. It's not cool, okay? Um, this verse sums it up. The church intercedes for everybody. First uh, Timothy 2.1. I urge you, I love, thank you, Paul, for making this so easy. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. <laughs> Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Thank you, Paul, for making it that simple. Here's our mandate as the church. Pray for everybody and intercede on their behalf. Somebody's crazy, your next door neighbor's crazy? Stop talking about them and talk to him about them. Intercede on their behalf. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Don't complain on your behalf and call it prayer. Intercede on their behalf. There's so many people that have a war room now because that movie came out. Now you have a war room. You got a little bulletin board up, and it's not like a bulletin board of people that you intercede for. It's actually a hit list that you go into. Yeah, Sharon, amen. Get her, Jesus. Get her. Sick of Sharon. Fire Sharon in Jesus' name. And we think because we put in Jesus' name on the end of it <laughs> that now God's ears are perked up. I'm sorry, what? I heard in Jesus' name. Hold on, what? You want me to take Sharon out? In Jesus' name, you got it. No, no. No. What, what, what is he actually telling us to do? God, you, you know Sharon. I don't know her that well. I, I know she's rude. I work with her every day, and she's rude. But, but most people don't wind up rude by themselves. And God, I don't know everything. I don't know Sharon's home life. I don't know what she goes home to. I don't know what she does when she leaves here. Um, uh, but I really do want the atmosphere in this work climate to change. And so, God, I pray for Sharon right now that whatever is causing this toxicity to be in her soul, God, would you remove it? Would you show love to her? And, and all heaven goes, oh, right, you, show, you want us to show love to Sharon? Yeah, I would love you to show some love to Sharon. Great. Tomorrow, buy her lunch. Oh, Oh, man. <laughs> oh, you, oh, <laughs> oh you, you mean me. I thought you was, I just thought you was just going to rain down liquid love upon her. You're not going to, no gold dust is coming, you're not going to. He's like, no, I put you here. I knew Sharon was going to work there five years before I got you hired. And I knew you were going to be so agitated with Sharon that you were going to actually come into this room and talk to me about Sharon, and I would love to do something for Sharon. I'm glad you participated and volunteered 
by sharing lunch every Monday for the next six months. Wear her out. Heat hot coals on her head until she starts asking you, what are you doing? Why are you so nice to me? Why do you keep doing stuff for me? I'm so glad you asked, Sharon, because I love you. You can't love me. I hate you. That's fine, Sharon, but I still love you. And it's not, be, it's not because of me. Let me tell you, Sharon. <laughs> if it was up to me, I'd hate you right back. <laughs> but I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ Woo! that lives on the inside of me. And so I'm giving you what he gave me. And I'm going to just wear you out. You know, you're going to take this lunch. <laughs> and I know you got two kids, and it's back to school. I'm buying you two backpacks and some Levi jeans. It's coming from Walmart now. I don't have, I don't have H&M money, but I'm just saying, I'm, I can do something. Right. High as I can go with Super Target. But that's it. Intercession means you're going to have to move into a place where you stand in the stead on behalf of you and them, and say, God, I have a relationship with you, they don't, and I want to see you move. Okay? Now I'll give you my points. This is what happens when you let me rest. <laughs> so good. Okay, point number one, write this down. Intercession is prayer. Okay? That's point number one. Intercession is prayer. Now, now, what you have to write under that is, is very, very important, and I learned this uh, from uh, my dear friend, Mary Jo Pierce. All intercession is prayer, but not all prayer is intercession. All intercession is prayer, but not all prayer is intercession, and we just covered that. If you go into prayer and you're complaining, that's not intercession, Okay? And we have so many different kinds of prayers. You have prayers of thanksgiving. You, 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 have, you have prayers of confession. But intercession is a deliberate thing that we do that places us in the middle to mediate on behalf of someone else because of our relationship with God. Okay? So intercession is prayer. Here's point number two. Uh, intercession is a request. Okay? It's not a demand. <laughs> it's a request. Hey, I, I would like to have a conversation with you, God, uh, about what's going on. I have a request. And then you allow him to have this conversation with you, and you make your request known. Here, here's the thing that's really interesting. Every single weekend, uh, we open up... Uh, what we call the altar, and if you're not familiar with that language, I completely understand. It's just the front. <laughs> it's just the front of this, okay? And our friends come up, and, and we give opportunity every single weekend uh, for people uh, to come up for prayer. It, it's, a, it's our moment to physically uh, and tangibly, in a, in a very physical way, by touching and agreeing with you, to intercede on your behalf. But you have to actually make the request known. See, see um, 
There were some churches uh, that I've been a part of that had what they called unknown prayer requests. You ever been in one of those churches? Did you ever notice the, 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 the unknown prayer requests, uh, there were more of those than there were verbal or known prayer requests. So it'd be like, anybody need prayer for something? It'd be like three or four people brave enough to say, yeah, my foot, just pray for my toe. It's just, man, my toe, it hurts. Well, okay, we're going to pray for that. And I, I get these bad migraines. Okay, we're going to pray for that. Hey, I'm, I'm having trouble with uh, a, a child. Okay, I'm going to pray for that. Anybody else? And it, it's just nobody. And then, anybody have uh, unspoken prayer requests? Everybody's hand go up. <laughs> and, and this is why there's so many secrets still in the church. It's the reason why the whole church can't get healed, can't grow, can't develop, because you can't put whatever you're carrying or you don't want to put whatever you're carrying into words. When, I, when we come down to the front for prayer, listen, all the people that are down here, they're, they're, they're just like you, but they've all been trained to pray for you, and they've all been trained to keep it confidential. There's not a report given back to me about everyone's business so I can have sermon material for the next 11 weeks. <laughs> well, the Lord just placed it in my heart. I think I should just pray about spirit of divorce because uh, <laughs> that was on the altar last week a lot. So about eight of y'all. So uh, <laughs> open your butt. No. No. We just want to pray with you so that we can see some real breakthrough happen in your life. When I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I had to tell somebody that I had a porn addiction. I didn't, I didn't want, you know, uh, hey, what would you like prayer for? You know, whatever the Lord shows you. <laughs> Hope you got the gift of discernment. I ain't telling you. And then the person, mm, 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 no, mm, no, mm, I'm not doing it. Listen, you don't do that when you go to the doctor. You will go right into a doctor's office, a stranger, and as long as you see that lambskin on the wall, you will say, listen, doc, I've been peeing green stuff. My, my urine has had green stuff in it for four weeks, and I brought you a sample. I just wanted you to see. You don't even know this person. You're not worried about him going back on Twitter like green stuff, hashtag, what? There's a level of trust that I want us to get to as we continue to grow as a family that no matter what you're going through, when you come up here, you leave it at the altar. You come up here, you get it off, and you go, oh, thank you so much. I'm just going to intercede for you now. I just want to pray with you. Thank you for telling me. Uh, we're going to keep this in confidence. If you need counseling, we, can, we, we, can have, we have hours throughout the week for counseling. If it's something very, very serious, we can connect you with someone uh, uh, that can take it further. But we want you to be able to get it up and out. Do you know whatever you don't get up and out through your words will come up and out through your actions? I feel this right here. There's a reason why we've been given the ability to speak. There's a reason why we are instructed to confess. Because if it does not come up and out through your mouth, it will come up and out through your actions. And I am, I, it is breaking my heart to see leaders fall because they didn't have someone they trusted to talk to. So make the request.
And the last one, it seems very similar to the, the, to the second, but there's a difference. Intercession is a petition. Well, isn't a request and a petition the same thing? Sometimes, yeah. Oftentimes, no. Petition is, uh, the, the way I see it, is, is when, we, when we say, you know what, we're about to, we're about to gang up. It's like when you don't like, uh, in Inglewood, California, uh, the, uh, my birthplace where I was born and raised, uh, in that city, uh, to this day, there still isn't a Walmart in Inglewood, California. Because every time they get ready to build it, all the residents of Inglewood pull out their petition. It, it's not that they just went to the city and requested it. They went and got everyone to sign off on it by the hundreds of thousands. And they come back with the petition and say, this is how many of us don't want this. It's not just that I don't want it. This is how many of us are in agreement that we don't want this here. And it becomes this petition, it becomes this request that you get a bunch of people in on to see things move. Now, uh, uh, we've always had corporate prayer uh, at Embassy City Church, and I'm telling you, there's no way that we could have progressed in the way that we have uh, coming up on our two-year anniversary in September if it, hadn't, if it had not been for the fact that we have corporate prayer. Uh, but we are uh, changing it. We're changing the day uh, to Tuesday, and we're going to do it once a month, uh, and we're encouraging everyone that can. It's not like a, if you miss it, something's going to happen to you, but everyone that, that can every Tuesday, once a month, first Tuesday of every month, from 7 to 8 p.m., we're just going to gather together to petition God to see some things move in our individual lives and corporately in our church and in this city and whatever city that you represent. But that petition is when we all get together and start seeing some things move. A few weeks back, uh, my dear friend David Roberson uh, came to me in private. He, already, he had already been having some people pray for him. He needs a kidney. And uh, I said, well, well, let's get together as a church family and intercede. Let's all petition for that. Another one of our dear friends and family members, Scott Bankston, had been fighting a battle with cancer, and we all got together to petition in Jesus' name. We want this cancer. We're, we're, we're standing in the stead. God, you're sovereign. I know that you can do whatever you want to do, but I just, you who were right here, and it's not just me with this request, I have a long line of people that agree and believe the same thing. Intercession is a very, very powerful thing. Let me give you a couple examples, and then we'll go bye-bye. Um, uh, when I was a teenager, uh, we, we lived in a, a nice neighborhood. How, how do I want to say that, Mommy and Daddy? Our, our neighborhood was nice when we moved there? <laughs> right. Uh, but over, over uh, the course of about 20 years, um, uh, we, you know, I was born and raised in Inglewood, in, in, in the hood, and then we moved out of the hood to the suburbs, but uh, after about 20 years, the hood came to the suburbs and made it the hood. When, we were, when I was a teenager, uh, my brother and I, Miles, were walking home from school one day, and this car was honking going down the street, and we just kind of went like this, like, man, you know, like, why are you doing that? You know, we kind of waved them off. Well, we were walking home, we cut through an alley to go home, and when we walked through this alley, 
uh, this car uh, pulled into the alley behind us, and a guy jumped out with a nickel-plated uh, 25 caliber pistol. And he pointed it at my brother and said, hey, what set are you guys from? Gang uh, affiliation. Wh where are you guys from? And, I, and I, it was just one of those fight or flight moments. I jumped in front of my brother. I said, hey, man, if you're, if you're going to try to kill him, you're going to, have to, you're going to have to kill me first. And I'm looking down the barrel of this gun, and this guy has this menacing look on his face, and then he goes like this. Man, y'all just some kids. Go home. And we were like, yes, we are kids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when I got home, I opened the door to be met by my mother's soaked, tear-soaked tear face, and she said, are you all okay? Well, we didn't want them to know how bad stuff was, and we were like, yeah, we're fine. She was like, uh-uh. An hour ago, God woke me up and told me to start praying for you. Are you okay? To which we responded, well, in that case, <laughs> no, we're not. What had happened was... Okay. I want you to see the order. Could, 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 could God have intervened in that moment without anyone praying? Absolutely. But he had covenant. With a woman of God who was sensitive enough to go, let me just start praying. And she didn't know what to pray. So the Holy Spirit said, let me start praying. And so she had been praying in the Spirit for about an hour. And when we walked in the door, we realized it was an interceding prayer that made this guy, for whatever reason, say, you know what? Go home. Instead of pulling the trigger. We need people to pray. My father-in-law hated God, like hated him. 73 years old when he passed, he hated God. My wife gave her life to Christ when she was nine, and she spent the majority of her life praying, along with her other siblings, for their father's salvation. He hated God. If you had on Christian television, he would cuss you out. When she married a preacher, I didn't know how he was going to take me. So every time we flew to Jamaica, I just gave him money. I just, <laughs> what do you do for a living? I give you money. Please let me marry your daughter. Okay? So uh, he had gotten ill, uh, and uh, his health started to decline really, really fast. And we had been interceding for years uh, for this man's salvation, off and on for years. Uh, but, but in the month of January of 2012, Juliet and I felt very, very strongly that 
that we needed to continue to pray, but we needed to also fast. We needed to push back our plate and say, God, before this man goes home, just give him the opportunity. He still has free will. He has to make a decision. But would you give him one last opportunity for him to come to know you? And we began to pray. We fasted for a week, pushed back our plate, and just every day got up. Hey, I'm reminding you of Carl again. We, we, we made the same request five, six, seven days in a row. Hey, Carl Rance, just want, hey, want to talk to you about him again. I didn't do it just one time. I just kept coming back. Because it's a conversation. We see enough covenant people. It's the, oh, Lord. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Double O, triple O, quadruple oh, 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 oh. You can do that or not. You can say, oh, Lord. Oh, 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 oh. Lord. I have a covenant with you. I just, I just, I, I need to intercede on behalf of this man. I know he hates you, but you love him. And, and you don't just like people that like you. You, you die for the whole wide world. Christ mediated on behalf of all of humanity. And I'm sure that this guy has to be one of them. And so I'm just bringing, I'm just going to keep bringing him up before you. So what happened in the month of February is that when I flew out to Jamaica, I sat on his bedside. And when I walked, well, when I walked in the room, he leaned up in the bed and said, I need you to pray for me. And I was like, oh, great. That's why I came. I came to pray for you. And I sat down by his bed and I prayed for him. They said he hadn't slept in two or three days. He was very, very paranoid. And I prayed for him. And as soon as I prayed for him, this, this, the, the whole room just shifted. The atmosphere in the room shifted. And he, and he went to sleep. He took a nap. And I was holding his hand. And uh, so every time I tried to, like, ease my hand from his to kind of sneak out and let him sleep, he, he opened his eyes like, mm-mm, you're not leaving. <laughs> I'm having a good nap. And I think it's because of you, so stay. So I stayed there. After about an hour, um, the Holy Spirit said, hey, read him Romans 10:9. If you confess your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So I went and now remember, the Holy Spirit told me, read it to him, right? I'm, I'm an idiot. I get my Bible and I open it up to Romans uh, 10, 9, and I go, hey, Dad, can you read that? And he's like, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I'll read it. Like, it was just random. And so I, I read him this, this passage, and then I said, do you believe that? And he leaned up in the bed and said, I do. Just like that. I do. And he, and he slumped back into bed. I said, all right, well, man, you're saved. And he was like, like, that, that was, that's it? He was like, I'm good? I was like, yeah. Yeah, he was like, yeah? I said, yeah. 7.35 p.m. 7.35 a.m., he was with his heavenly father. Twelve hours later. Now, let me tell you something. Intercession is not a popcorn result or a microwaved result thing. You can see something change in a day, or you might not see something change 
for decades. Here's the beauty of intercession. God trusts me enough and loves the covenant that he has with me enough to ask me to participate in helping him get his will accomplished on earth. That is not for an elite few. Every single one of us can intercede. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.